you know, if you're going through like a tough time, you know, it, it, that's okay. You know, I, I think we kind of don't hear that enough. And, and I think the cliche there is as long as these tough times don't change the characteristics of your first principles and who you are as an entrepreneur, you'll be okay. Hello and welcome to another edition of Expedition Business, where we talk to inspiring South African entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of their business journey and how on earth they managed to keep the flame of business adventure burning. Of course, facing your day with a smile is sometimes the toughest thing you have to do. My name is Christelle Brosley Fenter, your host and the one privileged enough to be talking to Lolo and Lovu, founder of Sneaker Shack. But before I introduce Lolo to you, I would like to remind you to subscribe, like, comment and share this podcast with as many of your friends and family as possible. Without your help, we cannot continue to share the amazing stories of our South African entrepreneurs. But back to Lolo and the Sneaker Shack success story. From sweating it out in a container and cleaning sneakers in Mabuneng six years ago, to being a business case study at universities, Lolo and Lolo's Sneaker Shack has expanded to 11 locations. And they have campaigns like Project Run, which we'll talk about later, meaning there is more than just useful convenience for the young and hip. Lolo, welcome to Expedition Business. Christelle, good morning. Uh, thank you for having me and, and good morning to your listeners. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the time that you have taken out to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. But I'd like to know from that intro, what have I left out about Lolo and Lovu? <laughs> uh, well, oh God! I mean, it's it's. I mean, it is an intro, so it's a summary to to, to everything that um, the sneaker shack journey has been. But I think you've covered it quite well. Um, you're a seasoned veteran, Christelle. So I think that was kind of <laughs> that was a really nice intro. We definitely need to expand on that, Lolo. Fresh from the US, young and educated, starting your own thing. Was it always on the cards or did Sneaker Shack just happen? Uh, look, I, I think so. I, you know, if I go back to um, my, kind of my childhood, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, um, in a household where, you know, um, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur and, you know, I'm the youngest of, of uh, three um, and just kind of watching, you know, all the journeys. I think, you know, my grandfather included, who was, you know, um, you know, a big part of, of of our picture and our life. Um, you know, also like a you know massive entrepreneur. So, um, you know, I think entrepreneurship was the one that that's you know that was definitely on the cards. Um, you know, sneaker shack, you know, you know per se, I think was a later idea that had come about, you know, in university. You know, you know, at the time, you know, you, you you've kind of done the journey of finishing high school. You know, uh, you know, I've you know, I went on and, and studied business in, in university, um, but with a very clear idea that, you know, it's, it's going to be entrepreneurship. So, you know, really honing into, you know, ideas. I'm a big proponent and believer in, you know, um, you know, following passions, you know, so, you know, I, you know, I have a huge passion for sports, 
um, and unfortunately, you know, just you know, wasn't good enough to make it at the highest level of sports. Um, you know, as a you know, kind of like let's call it senior player. I think you know, once you're about seventeen, eighteen, you know, it's you kind of have to have that you know career path as far as sports goes. Um, but you know, the, the, there are many other ways to get into sports. I think one of them was you know, how do I you know, you know, enter the kind of active lifestyle you know business framework, and you know, there was just this massive opportunity around. Um, you know, sneakers, um, and, and not in the retail, but like in the service, you know, and, you know, that's kind of brought about by this idea that, you know, yeah, Crystal, you're a runner. I think, you, you know, you were going for a run this morning and, you know, these aren't, you know, uh, these aren't, you know, cheap shoes, you know, if, if, if you will, you know, I think you're spending, mm-hmm. you know, you know, upwards of a thousand five hundred, you know, to, to, to three, four thousand rand a pair, Easy. Um, you know, and, and, and I think, it's going to become more and more important for for services like Sneaker Shack to actually take good care of those you know type of sneakers to, just to give them that you know you know expanded lifespan um, you know so the, I think that's just kind of one of the angles that you know you know really helped me you know hone passion for this for this product so so yeah entrepreneurship you know has been on the cards for for a while um, you know but Sneaker Shack like any other entrepreneur is just kind of identifying um, you know a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've also got a spot in the book every entrepreneur has to read. Yes. Yeah. While reading your chapter in the book, I definitely walked away amongst other things with the importance of purpose to you. Did you feel like cleaning sneakers was your life's work from the beginning? Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I, I think... I think purpose is 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 probably the single most important um, you know aspect in business, and you know I look and I think this is a you know a very kind of subjective or or, or personal view. Um, you know I don't think all businesses it's kind of necessary to to have a purpose embedded, um, but I think you know if you look at society and um, you know and the kind of um, kind of analysis on on the kind of global framework at the moment. Um, I think it's important for us to be doing things that contribute in in some meaningful way to either you know our, our communities or the world at large. And um, you know, I think you know naturally entrepreneurs are are, are curious, passionate people. And you know, I think if you could, um, you know, if you do have you know the 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 privilege, I would almost say to kind of you know you know hone in on one of those um, you know uh, passions. Um, you know, I think purpose comes you know sort of you know easily after that. But you know, I you know I, I'm not. You know, I think personally, I think it's 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 hugely important, um, and it's certainly one. You know, you know, purpose is certainly something that has kind of, you know, led my my journey as an entrepreneur. You know, so I think if you can, you know, tap into a bit of purpose, um, you know, it always goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've also mentioned that you are now, I think, the third generation of entrepreneurs. How did yeah. that make a difference in your journey? Yeah, I, look, I mean, I think t- two things. I, it certainly made it uh, a bit more pressurized, <laughs> um, you know, just because, you know, if you kind of look back, you know, they, you know, there have been, you know, successes and certainly failures along the way too, you know, um, you know, with, you know, you know, certain aspects of the business not doing so well, in, you know, in certain periods of time, you know, if you think about my dad and, um, you know, certainly my grandfather as well. Um, but I think what it, it also provided, um, Crystal, is, you know, is, is a sense of um, almost like fearlessness, because um, I think entrepreneurship can be something that's, you know, quite fearful and, 
you know, I think people tend to, you know, be a bit more risk averse. Um, so, you know, I think I was able to, um, you know, kind of garner that muscle to take risks, you know, quite early, um, you know, when I think, you know, most people would feel, you know, if you, if you think about it, you know, you know, who wants to open a business that just cleans sneakers, it just sounds mm-hmm. a little ridiculous on paper. And, you know, I, I think, you know, what entrepreneurship gives is like, you know, if you do have the data, the analysis, you've kind of done, you know, the case study on the market and, and, and its opportunity, you know, like the next thing is to actually, you know, do it is just to take that leap. And um, I think that's where most, you know, people generally sort of stutter. So I think, you know, kind of growing up in this entrepreneurship family, um, you know, I, I, my my appetite for risk is a lot higher, you know, I would have you know, I would imagine then, you know, you know, the average person, because I've seen failures and I, I've seen them, you know, uh, inform, you know, better decisions to even bigger successes. So, you know, I, I'm not too afraid of, you know, trying something and failing. I think, you know, it's just something that I've been exposed to quite early. Um, and, I, and I think that's, yeah, that is certainly, you know, some sort of an advantage. But doesn't it also give you a lot of extra pressure because your dad has been successful, your grandfather has been successful? Doesn't that add to the pressure that you already have as an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, it's, you know, I think the initially it is, it is pressure. Um, and I think, you know, it kind of, um, kind of, you know, just talking about this pressure, you know, it, it, you know, if I speak to my dad about, you know, entrepreneurship or, you know, my grandfather, you know, they'd often say, no, no, like, you know, it's no pressure at all. Like, you know, this is the whole point of entrepreneurship. You like, you need to go out, you know, give it a knock. And if you get knocked down, you kind of dust yourself off and come back. So I think a lot of the pressure is often self-induced. So like you put pressure on yourself, kind of, okay, well, you know, you know, I've seen success stories and, you know, I think every entrepreneur themselves wants to be a success story. Yeah. So I think it's certainly a lot of pressure, but I think once we, we realize that a lot of this pressure is actually sort of self-imposed where we have, you know, support systems that actually want to see us succeed. Then, then I think slowly that, that pressure turns into, it turns into like good motivation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. As long as you can get over that pressure, but yes, exactly. And then you also the last born. Did that have any difference to how you approached things? No, I, I think it was actually, you know, also an advantage because, you know, I mean, this is probably, you know, the craziest idea that, you know, um, you know, my family had, you know, had heard of. Like, you know, why don't you start something normal as an entrepreneur? Like, you had to go. Re- I mean, you really had to go left field. And I think being the last born is like, um, you know, people have to be kind to you. <laughs> so they have to be like, oh no, he's, you know, he's Nethi Baba. Like, let him just do his thing. Um, and and he, he you know he'll figure it out. So I I think I was given a lot of leeway, um, you know, to just kind of explore my imagination, you know, w- without too much pressure. I think where where's you know my older brother who's, you know, um, in 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 the liquor business and you know a distribution, um, you know, uh, export import business. Um, I, I I certainly felt like he probably had a bit more pressure to like you know hone in on something that's sustainable. Um, and it certainly is today. And yeah, I, I just felt, uh, you know, it, it was probably less, it gave me a bit more breathing room uh, being the last born than, than, than the first born. I feel for the guys that are, you know, the first born that have to be the example to all the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, maybe we can set up a last born entrepreneur summit one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can gather us all together, because we're a bit chaotic last born. Eh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that very, very well. <laughs> But just following up on the book every entrepreneur has to read, you've mentioned in the book the 70-30 principle that I found quite intriguing. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, so, yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's it's a, it's an idea that was derived from an author, uh, he, you know, American author who's, who's quite renowned in the in the marketing, you know, world, I think, you know, with, I think one of his key works was a book called Lynchpin, a guy called Seth Godin, you know, and mm-hmm. essentially what it kind of d- describes is, you know, this idea that, you know, you know, perfection doesn't necessarily exist. And, and, and the most important thing is, 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 you know, gathering, you know, enough data uh, with the right amount of conviction. So usually, you know, when someone's trying to explore a new idea or, um, you know, a, a new business venture, a new career opportunity. Um, you know, essentially, there's there's always going to be a sense of doubt. You know, am I doing the right thing? Um, you know, am I sure that this is like you know you know going to be successful? You know, and and the truth of that matter is, you won't actually know that for sure until you actually have been through it. Um, so what this you know, a seventy thirty rule just kind of speaks to you know you know try to figure out. You know, um, you know, you know, if you have like, you know, if a hundred is the total sum of perfection, it, you know, as you kind of go on this journey, your goal isn't to get to a hundred. Your goal is to get to about seventy percent. You know, so you know, depending on the decision that you're making, whether it's gathering data for, you know, in our cases, a new location. Um, maybe a new kind of, um, you know, revenue stream, whether it's our pickup and delivery business, whatever it is, you know, all you need is about, you know, 70% of, you know, of that data and, you know, due diligence and, you know, um, you know, market research, you know, I'm a huge proponent on it. It, it is super important. You know, I, it's not advocating making decisions on a whim, you know, but, it, but it's, it's, you will never reach that hundred percent totality certainty and surety that, you know, I guess, you know, you know, you know, most of us, you know, want what you really want to do is focus on reaching, you know, 70 percent, whatever framework that is, you know, based on the decision you're making. And once you reach that 70 percent, I think cognitively, you know, you have to see that as, you know, that, you know, that's the kind of that's the point at which you you become certain. And, you know, the the 30 percent that's kind of remaining um, you know, and retrospectively, it sounds quite obvious, but that 30% that's remaining, you often find it as you start executing that 70%. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you know, that makes total sense. You know, things start, you know, we, we kind of call it like, you know, things start falling into place, right? Um, and they fall into place because you've started taking action and because you've got that conviction to move forward, you know, even if you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, and I think part of it is also trying to break this, you know, this idea of like, you know, not moving until things are perfect. Because, you know, let's face it, you can wait your whole life before things, you know, you know, all the ducks are in the row, so to speak. You know, if you have, you know, if you've got, if you've got 10 ducks and seven of them are in a row, you know, they can start walking and the, and the other three will just sort of figure out like, okay, these guys are going and then they sort of fall in line, you know, as, you know, but it's, it's important to have that initial movement. 
Um, you know, I think some guys, you know, opt for this, you know, 60, 40, like, you know, you know, I think that's, you know, um, it's slightly harder and, and you get others that opt for like the, you know, the, the, the 80, 20, mm -hmm. um, I've really found the the, the the 70 30 for me to be the you know the you know the optimal. So so I think you know just in you know in summary it's it's it encourages you know execution decision making um and and this moving away from you know perfection paralysis if you will. Mm, mm, um mm. yeah and and as an entrepreneur you know you just don't have the time to wait for things to be perfect. You know mm -hmm. you, I, you have to be certain uh that you won't have all the information and still be able to take action based on the information that you do have. And that it's okay if it's not perfect. I think a lot of people never move, as you say, because they wait for it to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that while you were talking, a very big fact is that the more educated you are, the less the tendency is that you would become an entrepreneur. Because you can't, the more educated you are, the more you see what could go wrong. And the less educated you are, the more you just miss those things and you just go and do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. I, I think, you know, there's, you know, there's this huge, uh, you know, movement around um, the validity in entrepreneurship for, you know, for things like an MBA, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think someone with an MBA, you know, I think over time we've seen, you know, just don't really make great entrepreneurs because, you know, they, their decision-making metrics just get so complicated. And, you know, the less of that clutter you have and the more you're working on, um, you know, into whether you call it intuition, you know, gut feel, chutzpah, whatever it is, like, you know, it's, it's, it's probably, um, it's a lot more intelligent than, you know, any sort of MBA that you'll have, you know, it's this sort of intuitive feel that, yeah, I think with less academic clutter, you know, you can listen to that inner voice, you know, in a much more clear or in a fashion. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely just try not to load yourself with degree after degree after degree, you know, mm -hmm. you know, just figure out what it is that you want to do, you know, like really get into it and, um, yeah, I often find that's, that's, you know, it's quite a nice place to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lolo, but from the outside, it almost looks like you're a one man army, but you talk extensively about the not so hidden ingredients in scaling your business, the people in your team. What are some of the rewards or growing pains you've had when scaling your team? Um, yeah, so I, I'm certainly not a one-man band. You know, I, I, I mean, I, of course, that's how I started. You know, at the moment, um, you know, Sneaker Shack employs over seventy, over seventy people across all wow. our stores, and a management team of about eight. You know, you know, with you know, I've got a great COO. You know, a fantastic marketing team. Um, you know, and half the time I have no idea what they're talking about because they're just so creative and you know. Uh -huh. um, so so yeah, it's it, it's certainly not a you know you know, a one man band. And, you know, it, it's, I think one of the difficult things, you know, has been this process of, of building a team. Um, and I think sort of like unique to Sneaker Shack is that, you know, you know, how do you convince people to go on, you know, this journey with you, right? Mm. And it's, it's a journey that, you know, you know, for the most part, you know, every single person on the team has never been on, because mm. this is essentially, um, we're we almost at the cutting edge of this new services for this growing this new growing consumer, 
Um, and, you know, none of us really have experience in the product and in the service. Um, so, you know, I think just kind of, you know, getting people excited about this, you know, this new frontier and kind of painting this picture of, you know, um, of why sneaker, uh, sneaker care is going to become a really important service. And, you know, you basically kind of, you know, selling your idea to the team, um, you know, I think certainly was, you know, you know, a really important thing when I sort of, you know, consider hiring, um, you know, another big thing was, you know, you know, because we're in retail, you have to convince landlords to give you some floor space, mm-hmm. um, you know, and initially, um, Crystal, I can't tell you how tough that was and, you know, and fair game, like, you know, super understandable, you know, landlords need a guarantee of, 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 um, of rental and like this almost like surety that you you will be there in five years um and you know a lot of them just did not think that you know i mean this has not been tried and tested and you know landlords are nat- naturally risk averse mm-hmm. um so i you know that, that whole convincing process you know of you know of trying to get landlords to really understand our story and um you know sharing a lot of data with them and you know these are the trends that we're seeing and you know, this is looking super exciting in a spa- as a space, um, you know, massive, massive, massive headaches and, you know, lots of like, you know, disappointing conversations where, you, you know, like you come back home and you just really knocked down. You just feel like, okay, like, you know, what's the point? You know, if no one believes in this, then, you know, there's no point. You know, it's like really, you know, those things that kind of question your, your you know, your direction as an entrepreneur, Um yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been many, and I, you know, I think, you know, like those two, um, you know, have certainly been like, you know, the tough ones, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad now, um, it's, it's kind of more, you know, like the kind of, you know, tables have turned where, you know, landlords are asking us, hey, you know, you know, we need you in our center, and you know, we, we have a, a whole host of guys, you know, just trying to join our team, um, so yeah, it's just been amazing to see how you know, you know, sticking to your guns and to your intuition and, and, and to your passion and purpose, you know, it's, you know, if you, if you really do have the conviction, um, you know, you can really, um, you know, um, you know, like just, you know, change, change the perception of the market and, um, you know, and have, you know, and have that sort of favor um, or that wind behind your sails instead of in front of you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it sounds really romantic, the position where you are in right now. But going back to the days when the landlords didn't want to give you floor space. Yeah. How on earth did you get through those tough times? It, it was, Crystal, it was, it was tough. You know, um, you know, I'll tell you one story. You know, I won't mention the landlord, um, but, you know, I had just, it was, it was, when I was looking for my first property outside of Maboneng. Now, Maboneng, I was there for, um, you know, about eight or, eight or nine months, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was real, like, there was really the kind of experimental, you know, trying to hone this model and say, okay, now, you know, what would this really look like, you know, at, sort of in the main market? Um, you know, and I had put together a pretty comprehensive sort of outlook and study of, of like, you know, what this business actually is and, you know, and the role it can play in, in, in the service industry. Um, and I was convinced of it because I'd spent, you know, eight months developing this, um, you know, this product and, you know, the, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's sound and it's, you know, I've got the conviction. Um, 
and you and, and I and I remember going to this one landlord because you know they, they have a you know a fantastic um, uh, set of properties that you know we would sort of plug into quite you know quite easily and you know we'd had meetings we sat down um, you know and I could just feel like you know two three minutes into my spiel um, you know eyes are rolling over people are like what the hell is this guy talking about you know mm-hmm. what is this okay. You know, okay, so you know, and like a lot of like, like reductionist thinking, like okay, so is so you guys just okay, so you clean shoes. Don't tell me the whole beautiful story, okay? It's just you know, so it's like it's like you know, it just kind of faced with a lot of reductionist, and it's like, you know, it, yeah, it's. I think, in like personally, you know, those were really difficult times because, you know, it's something that you you work really hard on and people like just reduce it all the time. You walk into a room and it's just being reduced. Um, you know, and I, I can't tell you how, <laughs> I, can't, I just, I'm just thinking about it now and I'm getting a few goosebumps. Um, yeah. I can't tell you how, um, you know, how painful that was, um, you know, and it was quite a few landlords. Um, like, to be honest, I think, you know, I'd walked out of like four or five meetings and it was the same thing. Um, and like big reputable guys um, and then I realized okay you know maybe I, I should start going to the independent shopping centers you know the ones that don't have this you know listed portfolio it's just mm-hmm. like you know um, some guys in, in the property space um, the guys that are actually a bit more entrepreneurial mm. you know so 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 when you start going to them they're like oh I understand I see you know and they uh, you know so it's the smaller independent guys that first sort of gave us the opportunity. And then the other guys are like, Oh wait, hang on. Like, didn't we, like, didn't we chat to you earlier? Didn't oh, you come to the office? So I'm like, yes, I did. I, I, I did. You guys have my deck. It's on your table. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I think I did have these moments where, you know, honestly, you know, I, I would call my dad and say, listen, I think I made a huge mistake because, I mean, these guys are in property. They know what they're talking about. I'm a newbie here, you know, and he'd be like, like, dude, nonsense. Like, listen, if, you, if you're if you going to be an entrepreneur and you can't take a couple of no's, then you should rethink this whole thing. You know, people are definitely going to tell you no, right? And and, and, and and they're right to do that because they're protecting their own interests. Um, but it's, you know, just kind of being reminded that, like, it's, it's this is part of it, you know, like, you know, you know it, like, doors aren't just going to open as you walk in like you know it's it's going to be tough and you're going to question yourself and you're going to feel the dart creeping in and you know you're going to want to sit at home the whole day and just you know close your eyes under the blanket and and just tell yourself okay like maybe this is just not it and um you know all of the stuff that, and I, I i'd been through all of that you know i think that, that there was a point where you know i really thought okay you know it's 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 pointless you know to keep going to these landlords because um um, you know, I just don't have a business here. I, 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 I really don't think it's, it's strong enough, you know, and they almost convinced me <laughs> that it, it's not strong enough, but uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, just going back to that conviction. And, um, I think that's why it's important to have people around you that kind of support your journey, like regardless of your difficulties and, um, you know, just kind of keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't make me emotional, Crystal. How so? No, no, I just, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you think about this, like just now when I'm thinking about it, um, yeah, it's, um, 
you know, I, I really have respect for entrepreneurs and like, you know, especially, you know, like the guys that have, you know, failed, you know, like you speak to these entrepreneurs and, you know, like this is my third or fourth business. You know, I, you know, I had this business, then it had to close down and, you know, just this idea that they dust themselves off and they start again and they, you know, all these things, you know, um, you know, I just think about like, I mean, I think about my dad and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful story of resilience you know like entrepreneurs have have probably the most resilient hearts and um yeah i just yeah i'm just when i think about that it's just you know getting emotional there yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) awesome but i think the reality is that the majority of people starting out as entrepreneurs don't make it to be a successful entrepreneur they do give up along the way and unfortunately, um, yeah, those are the people that need support, but don't necessarily have it at home or in these circles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, um, I think what's also like really important, you know, are these, um, uh, these entrepreneurship communities, you know, like I, you know, I see a lot of these, you know, um, you know, incubators, you know, these start up um you know jobic startup communities um you know you know i i think that do a really good job you know to to help entrepreneurs you know because i mean like you're right you know it's i'm not sure what the stat is but i don't know i think it's about 70 percent or 80 percent of the businesses that that are started fail within the first five years or something Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah and it's and, and that's you know that's if you kind of interrogate some of those failures, you know, it, 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 it's not necessarily that it was a bad product. It's just like, you know, you ran out of steam, you know, mm. because you just faced with this so much adversity, whether it's like, you know, like you're struggling to find the right funding or you're, trying to, you're struggling to find the right partnerships or um, like, like securing good talent as far as the team goes. Um, and, and when you think about it, you know, you know, all of these things can be averted through, you know, like through strong support and mentorship groups. Um, so, yeah, I'd really you know, advise like new entrepreneurs, you know, if you are going to start something, um, you, know, you know, try finding a community of entrepreneurs that, you know, can hold you accountable and can also play that sounding board. You know, I think that's, you know, it's it's absolutely critical to survival. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Almost let me think of, um, I think Tim Ferriss calls it the tribe um, and that you are involved in, but you've been involved in the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship. How did that influence your thinking? Yeah, so so I mean, like uh, talk about the tribe, you know, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss, you know, as well. Um, um, you know, that... Um, being part of, um, so I think just to give you some background, um, um, so I think at the time we, we had about four or five stores, um, you know, there was this great opportunity to, you know, um, integrate Sneaky Shack uh, into, you know, into Virgin Active stores um, or clubs, um, you know, just kind of, you know, playing on that customer journey, you know, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but anyways, yeah, I put together this sort of, you know, you know, pitch deck and I got hold of Virgin Active, you know, um, you know, essentially to kind of just knocked on their doors and say, hey, this is what, who I am. This is what we're doing. Um, you know, we we're in the space um, and I, I eventually got a meeting with them. You know, we are, I flew down to Cape Town. You know, I, you know, I did my pitch. 
um, and um, it, it's such a big difference between you know companies that have an entrepreneurial approach to business and you know and those that don't because it, 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 you know you know again first three four minutes the room was lighting up and you know like you know eventually I I stopped pitching and it turned into this ideas session of like oh you know what we should add this and this um and then and, and very soon like during that during that meeting um a guy called wesley noble so you know we kind of paused the meeting and you know and that that called a guy called wesley noble into the room um and he's the director of the brands and enterprise in in in, in africa and mm-hmm. he said hey listen like you, like like sit down you got to hear the story this is Lolo, this is you know this is what they're doing sneaky shark it's really exciting um and so so basically that's that that's kind of that's kind of how it happened and you know I, i've been a, you know a fellow since then and you know they've been they've been critical in you know helping us develop you know uh the product the brand um and you know unfortunately you know the uh, covid happened um, you know, in, in 2020, where we had to slow down a lot of, you know, these, you know, Virgin Active, you know, efforts, you know, in, they'd gone through a really tough time over that period. Um, and, you know, they, they, they're, they, they're starting to recover, which is fantastic. I think they're starting to see those numbers back in, you know, in clubs. And, um, you know, very soon, we, you know, we'll start um, um, those conversations, you know, again, and kind of sort of pick up from where we left off. Um, but it, yeah, it, it was just very serendipitous kind of, um, you know, engagement, um, but it, it's been, it's been, it's been really valuable to us. Okay. So apart from the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship, you also have Brian Altrich, founder of Rock Mamas, that um, is acting as a mentor. That's how I have it. How yeah, important is that mentorship to you? Oh, it, 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 Brian is, is, is probably one of the nicest people i have ever come across i mean a heart of gold um it's just like you know a lover of south africa and the a, a huge advocate of the south african story um i think he's a guy that sees potential from a mile away and um you know it, it was the nicest thing you know he uh i he, so he'd he'd visited one of our branches in Bryanston um a while back and um for whatever reason he decided hey like let me send you know i think he'd found out by the staff you know like you know you know asking questions naturally as brian would because he's a very curious guy um just asking questions you know how was this how did this come about and this and this and i think um someone had shared my name with him in the store and um you know i got a linkedin message from him saying hey listen you know I'm, you know, Brian Altridge. I'm like, I, I know who you are, Brian Altridge. Like, this is like, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's like, you know, I just visited your store and, you know, I just want to say it's an amazing job. You know, this is, you know, this is, um, um, you know, I, you know, I love to see South African businesses and services, you know, like, you know, you know, kind of, you know, you know, daring to be different and, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, pioneering, pioneering new spaces. And, you know, I, I immediately responded, Hey, listen, it's, this is a fantastic pleasure and you know thank you so much for you know for taking the time to actually like send out a message um and i said hey like it would be great if i could just you know like sit down and just have a chat with you and and he was so open he's like yeah absolutely um you know so so, so we'd sat down um you know you know had a coffee for the first time and um yeah and you know 
it, it's just become this thing that we do, like whenever we both have time, um, you know, I, I think sometimes he feels like I just, I just go there and cry to him. I'm like, oh, Brian, operations, like, how did you get this right? You know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, just, yeah, he's just been a fantastic mentor, uh, you know, and a guardian and, um, you know, and, um, you know, just like, you know, a fantastic sounding board. And also like, a, you know, a massive, um, um, you know, he's such a dearer, like a massive dearer in the space, right? Kind of, you know, just the kind of story of Rockamamas and, you know, you know, you know, really taking the market by the horns and, you know, trying something, you know, completely new. I think he's the first guy to kind of uh, mm-hmm. fast casual dining. Um, you know, I think he was the pioneer of, of, of fast casual in, in South Africa. And mm-hmm. um, just kind of hearing his processes about, you know, you know, taking risks and um, yeah, it, it's just, it's been invaluable, Crystal, um, you know, an amazing guy um, and a fantastic gentleman and it just yeah just an important mentor to me wow well it sounds like we have to get him on expedition business very yes, soon yes yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm i'm happy to do the intro for you oh fantastic fantastic i will hold you to that okay <laughs> um okay so you've mentioned earlier your down moments where things just didn't want to go your way, um, when people didn't want to believe in you, when you almost gave up. How do you, what methods do you use to regroup, refocus and rejuvenate your soul? Um, wow, that's, that's, um, that's a, it's an interesting question. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Look, I think it's so. So I think what I always try to do, and I, I think this is kind of a subconscious back of mind thing, um, Crystal. I think before, like, sort of, you know, delving into the actual sort of tools, you know, like to what get me through is, is I, I, I always go back to my, my, my why, right? So it's, it's, it's always kind of going back to this point of like, you know, what was that initial conviction that you know, made you pursue this in the first place, right? And, you know, and once you start doing that, you know, like um, uh, Elon Musk talks about the sort of, you know, first principles thinking, like, you know, you know, what is fundamentally true about this business that you're embarking on? And, you know, I, you know, I, I, and, you know, my first principles, you know, like for Snicker Shack have always been that, um, or at least, yeah, in my case, you know, one of those first principles, you know, is basically that, you know, um, people are never going to stop wearing footwear, right? So regardless of how I'm feeling about my business and, you know, things are tough, the fact is people are, are not going to stop wearing footwear or they're not going to slow down in the use of footwear. You know, we, you know, people live in cities or, you know, you know, we're adventurous, we go hiking, you know, and all of this stuff requires footwear, right? So, so, so that hasn't changed, right? So kind yeah. of like re- really interrogating my conviction. Okay. So, you know, so that hasn't changed. Um, and you know, another, you know, first principle of mine, you know, is that like, you know, f- footwear is going to increasingly become more and more expensive, you know, mm-hmm. and we can, you know, look at the data of that and say, okay, well, like, you know, so, so, you know, that hasn't changed too. So, so fundamentally, you know, these two first principles hasn't, you know, haven't changed, you know, and the third one is that like, you know, footwear is becoming more and more synthetic, you know, it's lighter, it's, you know, all these like, you know, 
very different materials that are now being used, you know, as technology advances. Um, you know, so people are, are going to need, you know, um, you know, uh, specialized care to take care of these, you know, these, you know, you know, highly prized, uh, you know, expensive assets, you know, like, you know, which, um, you know, you know, w which are very much in use in a, you know, on a daily basis. So just kind of going back to those, you know, first principles, you know, at a base level, you know, allows me to like, be like, hey, okay, you know, if you think critically, the business case is fine, you know, it's, it, it's really solid, you know, you know, right. And, you know, and I think, you know, that tends to take away a lot of the kind of anxiety, because I think when, I think when you start feeling, you know, overwhelmed, you know, and all that, like, what we end up doing is like, we kind of end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater, like, you know, or the business isn't good enough. Um, like way in actual fact, um, you know, it, 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 it could be one or two things which, you know, have really got you down. So, mm -hmm. so, so the first thing I do is, is, is go through my, you know, my, 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 my um, you know, my first principles, make sure that like they're in check. And, um, and, and often when you do find that they are in check, you know, that's 70% of the problem gone. So I'm back to like a good, you know, you know, a confidence level. Um, uh -huh. and, and, and I think once I've kind of passed that, um, you know, another proponent, you know, is, is, is time, you know, um, I think just to kind of, you know, in my case, you know, knocking on landlords doors, you know, there was no inherent um, um, fault in the business model, but there could have been an, um, a timing issue like this just was not the right time, you know, for landlords to be hearing of such a product. So, mm. you know, I, I think I always try to get to the, the root, like by trying to, you know, interrogate myself in defining, you know, like this problem, okay, like, you're feeling down, you're feeling not you know, unmotivated, um, you have to answer your own why question. Like, why are you feeling unmotivated, right? Like, did a customer say something today? Like, did a, you know, a deal that was supposed to happen didn't go through, um, you know, and what does that say about, you know, uh, the business? Um, and if, it's, if, if the business is sound, then I think you know, the, the, the next thing is, okay, so what does it say about me as an entrepreneur, right? Okay, hey, like, Lolo, you really have to, like, practice, like, resilience you know or you know um you have to practice a bit of patience you know because people don't you know aren't necessarily working at the same sort of time frame as, as you would work like people don't you know understand the product the way you do so you know you know exercise some of that patience um and just kind of you know like nursing myself to you know a place of you know like sober rationality of of like the the extent of of you know the problem which has caused me to feel down um you know, and, and then also try to diagnose, you know, the ways I contribute to this feeling, right? Like, mm. you know, I, I'm talking to Crystal now. I've told her this amazing, you know, business plan. Her and I should go into business. And Crystal says, ah, no, I, this is not for me. You know, I could feel knocked by that. But like, it's, you know, I, I need to understand that, oh, maybe Crystal's got all this stuff going on at the moment. And, you know, she's busy as it is. You know, like it's not necessarily like the business that's not right. You know, maybe it's the timing, you know, so like just kind of really going through those rational processes that kind of keep you afloat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and also I think like do things that also get your mind off things, man. Like, you know, whether it's going, you know, for a run or you want to go for like a long bike ride, 
um, you know, or maybe like just spend the weekend with your laptop off and, you know, you know, go see some friends, go, you know, watch the right be, you know, you know, go to a bar, have some drinks with some friends and, you know, talk about, you know, something else that's just not business related and, you know, just try to get your mind off things. But before you do that, I, I think it's important just to go through those, you know, those, you know, that, that sort of first principles thinking so you can alleviate most of the anxiety, you know, so it's, it's, so you know that it's not a fundamental problem with your business. Um, and maybe you have one or two things that you need to work on, whether it's either your understanding of timing or if it's just kind of working on your patience, um, or maybe working on your communication, like, okay, you know what, you know, you know, like you're feeling down because, you know, something didn't go your way. Um, it's possible that, you know, the way you communicate, you know, something, you know, you know, isn't, isn't, um, you know, isn't the right way. Like whatever it is, you know, it's, it's a business assessment, it's a self-assessment and then, you know, try to take your mind off things, you know, for a while. And then, you know, spend some time, you know, trying to regroup, um, um, and, and yeah, and, and, and come back Monday and, and, you know, and see how you feel. And if, if you need a bit more time to, you know, regroup, you know, you absolutely do that. You know, like, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like, you know, you, you try to avoid this, you know, compulsive burnout as much as you can. You know, if you need to say, yes, like, you know, I, I'm trying to get this business off the ground and this week has just been horrible, then take three days off, reassess. Don't keep going and keep knocking your head on a wall, mm -hmm. you know, because at, at the end of the day, you're also going to run out of steam. So, you know, like, like, you know, it's important to be patient with that whole process um, because, because it takes, it takes, it takes, you know, you know, like you could be going through a tough time for like, let's say two or three months, you know, it takes one or two meetings, you know, while you're trying to just push yourself going just to push you over the edge. And then, they, you know, that's when you say, okay, that's it. I give up, you know, where, where what you could have done is actually just pause, mm. you know, instead of carrying on, like, it, it, that's not giving up it, you know it's pausing like take take a breath pause reassess go through your first principles do a bit of a self-assessment um you know maybe strategize on how you're going to sort of come back and then and then try again how does lolo and lovo take a break how does your weekends look like um so you know i've recently come into um this realization that i really enjoy long distance running oh yay <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I, I, so like this weekend, I'm doing the Sunlam, you know, so I, I'm not doing the full marathon. I'm, I'm just doing the, the 10K because they don't have a 21. So okay. I'm about like, a, I'm like a, a half marathon kind of runner. Um, and I, I just found, like, Crystal, I can't tell you. It's like, it's just this amazing piece when you start hitting that runner's high. Uh -huh. Um, I think it's my office away from the office. Like that's where I kind of clear my thoughts and things become a lot more less hectic, you know, you know, than they should be, you know, so, you know, I, you know, I enjoy my running. Um, you know, I, I enjoy my cycling. Um, you know, I love the bush, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, 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 I'm never afraid to kind of, you know, just take a weekend and say I'm offline, you know, um, you know, you know, for the weekend, um, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of sports. So, you know, I think like whenever there's a big sporting weekend, I, I really get immersed, you know, mm. I get immersed mm. into it. You know, I, I really take on like the kind of feeling of like, you know, the athletes on the pitch and, and whenever possible, I try to be there live, yes. um, you know, just to experience, you know, like, you know, a different type of like, like emotion. Um, you know, I, I have, um, you know, you know, I have my brother, you know, who's, you know, like lives just up the road from me and, you know, like, you know, we like going um, enduro bike riding, you know, and you know, just spending an afternoon out in the felt, just kind of riding, 
Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I've got a couple of things that just, you know, help me take my mind off things. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of art, you know, so, you know, I like, um, and art is incredible because you, you really can get lost in art, you know, and, and um, just kind of, you know, interpreting different, you know, artworks, like, look, you know, going to galleries and just, you know, um, you know, immersing yourself in a bit of art. Um, and I also find it like very, um, um, very beneficial to like yeah, a creative and entrepreneurial thinking. So, because um, I, I kind of feel like, like I can be very compulsive, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, so if I'm not immersed in my business, I need to be immersed in something else. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm terrible at idling. I can't sit and just be in front of a TV and that's my downtime. No, no, that's just going to make me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, a couple of things. Um, yeah. Wow. It is a mouthful, but you mentioned <laughs> sport, being involved in sport right in the beginning. Um, as far as I know, you've been involved in cricket. How did you know that? <laughs> that's my job to find out <laughs> wow um yeah so so um so like two major sports uh, uh in my life growing up um one of them you know is, is, is cricket you know um you know I, I had the privilege of like you know playing provincial cricket as a youngster um and the other is is, is, is soccer football um you know i thought also equally kind of you know um you know had a fantastic journey um, in you know, like you know, in you know, in playing at a pretty decent level, um, and um, yeah, like you know, it's it's it, unfortunately you know, I never sort of turned professional, and I'm not sure if I actually really did want to. Mm. Um, so 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 yeah, so so yeah, so so that was my early involvement in sports, and um, yeah, I think vicariously through the two business, I, I just. I, <laughs> I, I try as best as I can to keep that passion alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have a lot of cricket players whose shoes you are cleaning? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we have a great relationship with, um, you know, quite a few guys. Um, you know, a, you know, a, you know a, a, um, a friend of mine, um, uh, Temba Bavuma, uh, who's, uh, you, know, who, you know, I think we, we, we know him, you mm-hmm. know, he, represents the proteas and um yeah you know we we um um uh, yeah great friends and you know we do a lot of work with his foundation um so you know a lot of his you know you know friends you know lungi and in the rest of them you know customers of ours um you know we have an ambassador uh tony desorzi who's a sneaker track ambassador as well and you know, an up and coming, you know, prospect for South African cricket as well. He's also just, just amazing human being, um, you know, you know, on the women's game, you know, as well. Uh, we've got guys like uh, uh, Sunei Lewis, who's, I think she's still captaining the, uh, the women's you know, team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a couple of others, um, you know, who we've just kind of, you know, pulled closer to our brand as, 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 as friends of, of Sneaky Shack and, um, you know, I, we also have a few in football, in in rugby as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to do too much name dropping, but yeah, I, I, like like we do, we have a lot of friends in the, in the in the sporting community, which is which is just fantastic. Well, I just love it when you do name dropping. But something that I'm <laughs> thinking of is when are you going to sponsor the Pratias? Be the main oh, sponsor of the Pratias. 
that you know that that is the dream you know that is the dream and like that is where my real you know practice of patience comes in you know so in good time uh-huh. <laughs> in good time uh, you know you know hope it's, it's around the corner um but i think that would be that, that that would definitely be a dream you know come true just to kind of you know just look at what we've built and you know have that be like on the jersey of the proteas is yeah I, I can't tell you how much of a dream that is it would be amazing wow did I touch on a very sensitive subject there? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be amazing. <laughs> oh wow, wow! I'm impressed. But you mentioned your Pretty Friends Foundation, but you've also got Project Run on the go. Do you want to tell us a little bit quickly about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, uh, Project Run is. Um, uh, you know, it's something that was founded by you know uh, w- w- one of our heads of marketing, um, and it's it's you know sh- she's a passionate runner, and um, I think what she realized is that hey, like um, you know I have a whole bunch of old shoes that you know I don't really wear, and I don't have anyone to sort of hand them down to. Like we should start something like this drive where we get you know good quality pre-loved shoes, and like let's partner with you know um, foundations and you know, and help, you know, like the next athlete begin their journey. And um, you just thought it was just, you know, what a fantastic idea. And we, you know, we've really embedded, it, you know, into the business. And essentially what, you know, we do is we encourage, you know, our customers that, you know, if you do have, you know, a a pair of, you know, of shoes that, you know, you don't quite use anymore or, or you've brought it in for a clean and you're like, hey, listen, actually, I don't really wear these anymore, um, you know, you can donate it to Project Run, and we've partnered with a whole bunch of, um, you know, NGOs, you know, who you know champion sports in one way or the another, and you know, you know, uh, we distribute these sneakers to them, and you know, and uh, and they get you know, you know, like sent to the you know the right people that you know are beginning their journeys, whether it's you know if athletics, you know, rehabilitation, um, and just kind of you know extending this this idea of you know the life of a shoe, you know. Mm. not 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 only for us but you know but for the next person um and it's it's been phenomenal you know we have partnerships with total sports you know you know you know as well um where we have um uh, our collection bins in about 40 total sports across the country um so we're seeing huge impact you know um you know as part of that and you know again it speaks to this you know you know grassroots development of you know of sports and you know you know like i think it if companies can do, you know, small steps, you know, are, are, you know, collectively are, are massive leaps. Um, so it, it, I think it's just, you know, kind of our way of like really kind of, um, you know, asserting our belief in the future of South African sports and, you know, the, the South, South, South African young people. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, 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 really, it's been an amazing journey. And yeah, I, I encourage like your listeners just to check out Project Run and what we're doing there. And, um, you know, you know, if you're a corporate or anything, um, it, it, we would love for people to be a part of it. Mm. Well, and I can imagine you've got a lot of stories from people that took over those shoes and what they've done with it and what it has meant to them. Absolutely. I, you know, like we have guys that have run, um, you know, marathons in, in their shoes, um, um, you know, uh, you know, like some some incredible stories around, like you know, um, 
like people that have been training bare feet, um, you know, and and then for the first time competing in, in like in, in a good pair of shoes, you know, and these aren't like the dilap- like dilapidated shoes, mm-hmm. like they're in good condition, they're in race condition, um, and and just the, like the kind of difference it makes in in their love for like sports and love for athletics and running. Um, um, the the impact is is just incredible, Crystal, and yeah, and it's we just want to see more of it. Well, but I believe that sneaker shack also helps to regenerate the life of our shoes. They don't just take the shoes and give it out to the next person. Yeah, absolutely. So 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 like the kind of model there is, you know, you would uh, donate your shoes. Um, and we, we we kind of try to incentivize people to to uh, donate the shoes. So you know, if you did uh, donate a pair of shoes, then you get you know fifty percent off your next clean. And you know, so so we take all the shoes and we they go through the exact same treatment as any other shoe. You know, you know, detailed cleaning. Um, you know, there's great packaging that goes with it. Um, you know, and you know, essentially, you know, just be, it feels like a gift. You know, it could, because it is a gift. Um, you know, so it, it's it, like they go through the same conditioning, um, you know, uh, just to have them, you know, be as 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 um, as pristine as possible. Mm. Just a quick question. For example, I tore one of my trail shoes the other day when I went down Sunbird in Clip Riversburg, and yeah, can you fix this like that? Yeah, absolutely. So so so. Yeah, I mean that's like like that's something that we can absolutely do. So, um, like Sneaker Shack focuses on, on on three main areas. So we have the refresh business, which is the cleaning um, uh, business, and then we've got the repair business. Um, so you know, which deals with you know tears, um, you know unglued soles, stitching, you know all, all those type of you know um, uh, repairs that you know uh, a footwear would require. And then we also have the customization business. So you know if um, you know, if you're buying, you know, a, a gift for your friend, maybe you buy them like a pair of white sneakers and you want to put happy birthday on them or something, you know, we're able to sort of, you know, just, just customize it and make it feel a bit more personal. Um, yeah. So those are the ranges, you know, like those are the service ranges that we cover. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I, I'm glad you're getting out there and, and, and doing trail runs and, and getting your shoes torn. It's, mm-hmm. it's very intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We are extremely fortunate to have amazing, amazing trails. In the south, so yeah, we try and get to the trails at least once a week. But that's amazing. Just something that I find quite interesting. You seem to be extremely, extremely busy. Do you ever get time for family and friends and everything else that goes with it? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 you know, it is quite busy, and things do tend to get quite chaotic and you know you know days that do kind of run away with you and um yeah i mean that is that, that, that is an absolute reality but you know i think you know as time moves and i think because i am from an entrepreneurial family i think there's a lot of understanding you know like in like like in that but, you know but, but i think what we've you know tried to do um is, is just try to set a bit more um you know just try to block out a, a lot more time like for each other you know and it, it hasn't been great it it hasn't been too consistent um but it it, it definitely uh, I, I, like when i think about next year i mean next year is going to be you know a huge accelerating year but like you know just trying to make a bit more time like to spend with family it's it's not as 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 
you know, as good as as good and as as consistent as I'd like it to be right now. Um, is that that's definitely um on my project list, Crystal is is just to try make more time for, you know, for family and um you know that type of downtime. So we have things you know like th- that are very important to us, like birthdays. You know, like regardless of where you are in the world, you know, if there's a birthday, we're going to try and be on the same table. You know, and and just kind of celebrating that birthday, um, and we're very good with with like December's and Christmases. So I'm, I'm we're, we're almost there. So I'm looking forward to a lot of um, family time soon. Oh, awesome, awesome, Lolo. If you were twenty years old again, what advice would you give to yourself? Oof, I mean, it's if if my twenty year old would listen to me, maybe. <laughs> um, um, if I was 20, um, you know, I, I think for me, I would remind him that like, Hey, like you're okay. You know, like, like things are fine. Like the world is not, you know, as scary as, as you kind of think it is. Um, you know, I think, you know, I would probably tell him to, um, to start, start planning early, you know, like don't spend too much time, you know living you know i don't want to say living in the moment but like you know like you you, you can never start too early you know so you know you start being a bit deliberate about you know intentions for the future because the earlier you start you know like the better uh it is and and i and i think that i think the last one is um you know i'd probably you know advise him just to be um you know or just give him a heads up that you know um, there's the world's timing and then there's your timing, you know, and it's okay if those two don't meet, you know, all the time. And yeah, I think that's kind of a story of patience, um, you know. Like I think you know, be patient with yourself and be patient with others. Mm-hmm. But that's something you said you don't have a lot of. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, so I, I think I would tell my thirty-three-year-old the same thing as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have a bit of that problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what would be the metaphorical mountains that you still want to climb within the next three to five years, except wanting to become or going to become the next Pratia sponsor? Um, metaphorical mountains. Wow, that's, that, that's beautiful. Um what be the look so, so i mean like there's a lot of stuff happening in the business you know i think one of them is is, is um you know definitely exploring the the application of sneaker shack you know on an international stage um so you know i think you know having some solid presence you know um you know you know in europe i, I think would be you know would be great and something that we're working on at the moment um you know ex- expanding you know further into africa you know with there's tons of interest um, you know, I think that's also kind of um, a, a kind of more shorter term goal. Um, you know, so I think, you know, that's, you know, that's one thing, you know, I, I, I'd really love to see, um, you know, Project Run playing a bigger, bigger role in society just in general, you know, just by what we're seeing, you know, at the moment with, with the impact that it's having, you know, I think it would be great to, um, you know, really, you know, you know, have it, you know, be a, you know, a, you know, a driver of, you know, tens of thousands of shoes a year, 
you know, and growing to hundreds of thousands of shoes a year and like literally creating this, you know, idea that, you know, South Africa are a people of generosity and, you know, we're a people that, you know, considers the next person. I think, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot to be done there. Um, you know, and I think, um, I think, you know, at a personal level, you know, obviously as an entrepreneur, you know, there's, you know, the whole bunch of, you know, ideas that, you know, sort of complement Sneaker Shack or, you know, that, you know, that I would sort of want to explore, you know, and kind of grow, you know, and hopefully in the next three to five years, I would have conquered the mountain that is my patience problem also. I'd have loved to conquer that one too. Okay, that sounds really, really interesting. But I quite like the whole that you mentioned Project Run as one of your metaphorical mountains. Um, it sort of makes me think I was running the, well, I was taking part in the Run the Book a couple of weeks ago, and we had a similar campaign where you had to bring your old shoes. And it's amazing how people just give, and they don't mind giving. In fact, I think a lot of people don't know what to do with their old running shoes, sneakers, etc., etc. Even their running clothes. Um, we get all these shirts at all the races, and we hardly ever wear them afterwards. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And like you know, I think there's 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 a beautiful community out there. You know, and um, you know, you know, as you know, as and I think what's important is like we have to highlight and lament these communities and say, hey, this is what's going on. And like, you know, kind of, you know, integrate them with, you know, fantastic stories, um, you know, and so, so, so it's certainly out there, you know, it's certainly out there. And like, I think the good thing about generosity is it, it's, it's contagious in such a fantastic way, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it could only grow and it, it could only create, you know, a, a much better, uh, softer and kinder society, you know. So it, it's 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 great to see you know projects that are out there, and I I think you know part of this is just to kind of you know how do we amplify that? You know how do we you know um you know you know partner and you know and and generate like you know one story like you know of 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 this generosity that we're seeing you know you know across the board and you know and and that's something that's you know unique to um you know. You know, uh, yeah, I almost want to say South Africa uh, or South Africans as you know, you know, as a people, and um, yeah, just really kind of shining that light on on those attributes that that you know we kind of hold as South Africans. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you are planning to stay in South Africa. Yeah, that I have no intentions to leave, Crystal. This is home. It is very, very good to know, even though you are <laughs> planning to expand into other countries and Europe, etc. It is good to know you are proudly South African. But Lolo, you've mentioned a couple of books, authors along the way. What would you say is the most inspirational book that you have read? Is it possible to highlight one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think um, the, the most important book for me um i mean you know at, at, at the moment I'm, I'm i'm reading nick mallet's book i think it's called um world cup insights so it's just kind of the story of you know how south africa has done over the past in, in world cups and there's some really interesting stories that nick shares with 
um, you know, like with the reader there, um, you know, they, um, I, I think it's it's always like momentary, you know, and uh, alongside that, I'm reading, um, you know, uh, Rassi's book, it's called Rassi, mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of his, 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 his story of like South African rugby and just kind of, you know, his journey with, you know, with his whole, you know, and, and I think, you know, like for me, it, you know, like, there'll always be moments where a different type of motivation is necessary. And I think, you know, these two at the moment, you know, are probably my, my most sort of, you know, like important books, but I, but I, I get the question, like, you know, you know, like the Holy Grail, like what's that one book that, you know, is a must read. And, you know, I'm afraid it's not really a kind of a business book, you know, like per se, or it, like there's no sort of, you know, um, you know, you know, in application, um, it's not real sort of application into it in some sort of team building way or the organizational structuring way. Um, you know, I, I'm still, and it's very cliche, so you have to forgive me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it, it is cliche. So, so I, you know, I'd have to say it, it's, it's still Paolo Carrello, um, you know, the alchemist. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I think that's one book, you know, that I'll, I'd, you know, I'd probably give my son. You know, just before he gets into this sort of you know adventurous world of like self discovery, um, you know, I think you know it it just paints this you know fantastic picture of, of you know you know the ebbs and flows and just the kind of magic that exists when you know like when one taps into this kind of depth of self and you know um you know putting a lot of emphasis in 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 knowing oneself and how one relates to you know like to the world at large and you know i think there's many works that have come before that that kind of you know speaks the same language but i think you know um there's an ease in which the alchemist reads you know that's just kind of you know almost like a friend talking to you so um you know i'd have to say that's you know for me it's been an all time um, sort of, yeah, important, important book. As cliche as it is, I know. I, it's very cliche. No, no, I do agree <laughs> with you. It is an absolute amazing book. But um, is there any, I just mentioned a couple of biographies, autobiographies. Is there any biographies about Lolo and Lovu on its way? Oh, I, I, I hope not anytime soon because it's going to be too short. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, it might have to give a bit more time for something like that um yeah so it, yeah it's it's yeah not any time soon <laughs> <laughs> okay but i think we have to stick to um yeah your story and keep tabs on how you are changing the world one sneaker at a time but lolo just a couple of wise words for our startup entrepreneurs out there, or even just our seasoned entrepreneurs that's going through a rough time. What would that be? I think you know it's 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 probably something that you know the, the kind of seasoned entrepreneur would already know. But you know, like constantly revisit your your why. Always go back to the reasons you started, you, like your business, especially when you're going through difficult times. Um, it, once you start interrogating your why, you, you'll often find a lot of the answers already exist in, in your initial um, uh, interrogation of, of why you began this business. Um, you know, and also, you know, I think, um, you know, if you're going through like a tough time, you know, it's it, that's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I think we kind of don't hear that enough. And and I think the cliche there is, and it's true. It's absolutely true. Is that as long as these tough times don't change the characteristics of your first principles and who you are as an entrepreneur, um, you'll be okay. 
you know, so 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 it's and and please don't avoid the tough times. They 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 are going to come. It's it's going to happen. As will the good times. Um, and try to use those tough times as self-learning and self-defining moments as opposed to self-calming and self-deprecating moments, even though that's what you'll feel. So counterintuitively, tough times, um, you know, and, and rough patches, you know, are often presented, you know, in, in, in really stark ways, but equally, you know, often, you know, are the bedrock for, you know, lots of opportunity. Um, and, you know, I think, do not be afraid to to reach out um and and i think lastly you know um you know f failure is not the end it's one step closer to success so if you failed in something that's one you know that's you know that, that's a step closer to the thing that will actually succeed so so do not mark failure as as the end all and be all it's it's actually a progression to the next success wow Sounds like you need to start Sneakers Shack School of Entrepreneurship. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of also talking to myself because that's, that's like, <laughs> just remind, remind myself. <laughs> I know that feeling very, very well. <laughs>